the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Long Trader. This is the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRA News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. South Carolina voters head to the polls today for the Republican primary. Former President Donald Trump enjoys a pretty wide lead in all the polls heading into today's voting. Political analyst Chris Galdieri says it's going to be interesting to see how long candidate Nikki Haley hangs in there. There comes a point at which, you know, you need to um, just surrender to the math. Uh, If she keeps losing to Trump in primary after primary, um, even if she is picking up some delegates here and there, um, you know, it's just going to be mathematically impossible. Speaking at the Black Conservative Federation Gala last night, former President Trump said his economic program has been helping black families. He created opportunity zones which drove billions and billions of dollars in wealth to revitalize our most distressed communities, especially in the inner cities. And this is SRN News. There are progressive forces and organizations dividing us as a people and as a country. They stoke hatred and division to hide the real problems and keep us angry. We've seen this pattern repeat itself over and over again. We have to take a new course. And now's the time to return to our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. Over half of black students in Minneapolis public schools are failing. But black students in the same neighborhoods who attend private faith-based schools perform above national averages. Every parent should have the choice and the right to send their child to a safe and excellent school. And today, nearly 80% of black children in the Twin Cities live day-to-day without their father. That's four out of every five. Take Charge Minnesota believes that America works for everyone, regardless of race or social standing. Get more information by going to TakeChargeMN.com. What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness. Is your healing power a simple heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over a half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. The process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. If you're going to fix complicated problems, you have to learn how to fix problems first. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning and welcome King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you for listening today. Throat challenged, sinus challenged, but uh, persevering nonetheless. Uh, made it all the way through this part to this part of my life without ever having to have uh, oral surgery. Uh, that happened on Monday. And um, have had a had a sinal complication, shall we say? So, trying to work through all that. Um, 
but uh, given uh, given some uh, travel I ex- I've had previously and a couple other issues, felt like I couldn't abandon you today. Um, got to got to stay strong and work through it all. And uh, so playing hurt, that's what we do here at the, at the uh, King Banyan Show. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call with questions and comments, 651-289-4477. Rub some mud on that. Get back in the game. Um, I was, um, first of all, uh, my producer doing producer-type things uh, sends me a news clip today. You've heard me sing the praises of uh, of Javier Malay, who, uh, particularly the speech at Davos, uh, which to which I give him credit, he flew commercial. He did not get on the private jet like everyone else does to go to go to some beautiful place in the Swiss Alps to talk about climate change. He went commercial, and he did not did not uh, talk about climate change at all uh, at Davos, but instead told them, you know, we need to reform things. Well, he's been trying to slash the budget. He's been. And uh, reported out, this would have been uh, early last, late last week, uh, the first monthly budget surplus in 12 years. Okay, uh, c- cutting spending. One of the things that's important that he's, he's done there has been to do a uh, maximal depreciation of the exchange rate. Uh, he did a 50% devaluation in December right after taking office. So you immediately get a jump in the inflation rate when you do that because a lot of people will mark their products up in response to that change in the official exchange rate. Um, so they're now at they're now at a they had a January inflation rate of twenty point six percent. We will see what happens here going forward. You expect that to come down uh, eventually, but the first the first thing that happens when you do sort of a a fixed exchange rate depreciation like that is you get a big jump in inflation for one one to two months, and that's what's happening there. We'll continue to keep an eye on Malay and, and the actions they have there. He has not done the dollarization that some people think he really needed to do right from the start. Um, he, has, he has been blocked in trying to get some of his program through their legislature but the problem is the legislature is not necessarily on board with his program this is not this is not a system that elects people he's not a prime minister he's a president prime minister means that you have both the executive and legislative function in under in one hand that is not true in argentina just like it's not here in the united states so it is in many parts of europe the uk and so forth so He's navigating a difficult situation here, and I, you know, I, you know, we may wish he could go faster, but the political realities are what they are, and he may not be able to get through everything he had promised initially. Um, but good for him. Uh, uh, there are some signs that at least they are trying to reduce spending. There are signs that some of the tax revenue that has been left on the table for many gosh for uh years uh is coming in that's all good news news there um we'll keep an eye on that that wasn't what i planned to talk about but it's just a follow-up on some of the reporting that we've done here over the last couple of uh last couple of months since uh malay uh became a a uh finalist to become president then his election and so forth uh so follow along with that uh so thank you uh spencer for the story equally important i mean this show i mean because i'm kind of uh working at about 85 percent capacity today i also will say i had a i, I had a, an excellent tweet at me from one of our listeners i call him the research office of uh the, of the king banyan show uh listener don uh who alternates between arizona and minnesota uh well, I don't think he spends that much time in Arizona, but sometime in Arizona every year, every winter, as I do. But he takes more than I. He takes more time down there than I do because he's a retired guy and I'm not. Um, but he sent me a link to uh, uh, Grant's, uh, the, the uh, Jim Grant's uh, podcast. Uh, I think it's called Current Yield. Um, 
I've adored Jim Grant for many, many years. If you ever, if you have an interest in financial history, one of the very best books I've read in financial history in the last decade, and I'm a fan of these books by and large, uh, going all the way back to reading central bank histories, uh, uh, Secrets of the Temple, which uh, William Greider, who was a reporter for the Washington Post, wrote about Paul Volcker and the Federal Reserve right around right around nineteen seven in that nineteen seventy eight to nineteen eighty five period. Uh, a fascinating history. It's very long. Takes you know lots of stuff there, but uh, Jim Grant, James Grant, wrote a a biography of Walter Badgett, and I always have to train people. The name is spelled B-A-G-E-H-O-T. So it looks like Bagahot. It is pronounced Badgett. Um, he was an observer of the Central Bank of England, of the Bank of England, back in the 19th century. He was the editor of The Economist magazine, which still exists, which I still read on a day, on a weekly basis. Uh, I've cut back on a lot of the, I For a while, I had... I, I counted at one point. I had six newspapers and five journals that I had subscriptions to. You know, and all of a sudden, Substack grows up, and it's like, i got to cut back. I will not give up The Economist. Come hell, high water, or little green people, I will not give up. I will not give up The Economist. Uh, and in part, it's because of my love of Badgett. Jim Grant wrote, I know I've gone on a long detour. I told you I'm working at 85%. The bad the the Jim Grant book on Badgett should be on if you're at all interested in financial history, you should have this book. It is that good. I quote it from time to time in presentations and you know when I do teach financial history uh in classrooms, I I frequently quote Badgett and I quote Grant's work on that. Um so Grant had on Alex Pollock. Alex Pollock uh, is a longtime financial historian himself, has written a lot of, a lot of good books about crises um, and about the fact that there are no knowns. And, okay, this is a term that came. This is a phrase that came from uh, Donald Rumsfeld, uh, the defense secretary during the uh, George W. Bush administration. And it's great stories about Rumsfeld. I mean, Rumsfeld goes all the way back to Reagan and actually a little bit pre-Reagan. But Rumsfeld was the defense secretary, and he talked one time about known unknowns and unknown unknowns. And that phrase came to me when I heard this clip. So research research officer Don tweets at me the Jim Grant episode with Alex Pollack, which was earlier this week. I've retweeted it to you using the hashtag pound KBRS. The entire about 35 minutes is well worth listening to. But I want to play you this one clip, which is so which is really going to set up this hour for you. Uh, And it is it is simply um, talking about the last time we had a crisis that kind of came to us by surprise, where we are still and then trying to think about. Well, how do you get to, how do you think about the next one? Let's play this. This is cut number six. As the book, because the pandemic was seen in probabilistic terms by many scientists, that of course there's going to be, you know, some virus that mutates and can cause a pandemic. That that was a sort of a common uh, scientific thought. Uh, But what nobody saw, as we discussed in the book, but nobody saw, including the scientists, including the politicians, including the economists, including the Fed, including uh, all, all of the financial types, was the link right. between a pandemic, the political response to the pandemic, and the financial panic and economic crash, short but extremely sharp, which resulted from the link, pandemic to politics to finance and economics. And then, of course, that le- that led to the huge uh, bailouts right. and money to address all that. 
and we're still living with that. Are you going to, in a sense, we're still in the, mm-hmm. we're still in the wake of the panic of 2020. I have to use that term on a, on a go forward basis. Whenever I try to talk about, you know, we forecasted a recession, we didn't get it right. What happened? I think I have to remind myself time and again that, that, there were unknown unknowns. We did not understand what we were doing, what would happen with the political response. We did not understand what would happen with the financial response. There were pieces of our, lack of a better term, I, I don't like the phrase social fabric, but it conveys what I mean. The, the, the environment in which we live our daily lives as social creatures changed during that time. Every time you use a forecast, what you're doing basically is taking all the all uh, some systematic analysis of all the yesterdays and trying to figure out which yesterday looks like today. And then looking and then go back to that yesterday and then say after that yesterday what happened? That's a good guess of what will happen tomorrow. But when you have these kinds of shocks that he's talking about. When you have these unknown unknowns, I think this is a great example for you of what makes prediction so hard. It's what makes speculation richly rewarding for some other people and immiserating for others, okay? Leading them to financial ruin or worse. Um, All of that is possible because there are there are ways that we can think. I like that phrasing, and I'm gonna actually we're gonna play that clip one more time, and I'm gonna ask to stop on certain points because I want to explain how much there was in that one minute of this 35 minute survey. It was it was tremendous. I encourage you to listen to the whole thing after the show, but we'll be back to explain that one minute for you right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Days one to four. Are you tired of the ups and downs of the stock market? Are you sick of logging into your brokerage account only to find out that you've lost hundreds or thousands of dollars in a single day? At MarketBeat, we know that constantly moving in and out of stocks hoping to get lucky is a loser's game. Buying hot stocks after they've already shot up in value is a recipe for disaster. It's time to stop playing the loser's game and invest in stocks that have shown they can stand the test of time. MarketBeat has prepared a free report titled 7 Stocks to Buy and Hold Forever, and we would like to text it to you for free. Text the word PROFIT to 68285. The companies in this report might appear to be nothing special at first glance, but these companies print billions of dollars of cash each year in profit. If you would like to receive our free report of 7 Stocks to Buy and Hold Forever, simply text PROFIT to 68285 and we'll text you this report instantly. Text PROFIT to 68285 and we'll send you this free report right now. Text the word PROFIT to 68285. Standard message and data rates may apply. Please consult with your investment or tax professional. Do you own a timeshare? Well, face the facts. You made a mistake. You made a bad purchase. A timeshare is not an investment. It's a money pit that continues forever. If you use your timeshare, that's great. But if you don't and you want to legally get out of your contract, Call my friends right now at the Timeshare Exit Hotline. They're an experienced team of lawyers who help good people like you get out of a timeshare contract that they just don't want. Don't throw away your money on maintenance fees. Use it for things you really want. We can help you end your timeshare contract and stop the money drain immediately. If you are ready to move on with your timeshare, call our team right now. Cancel your timeshare now with a free call. 800-890-5957. 800-890-5957. 800-890-5957. 800-890-5957. That's 800-890-5957. 
Don't risk losing the trusted news, traffic, sports, and weather you get from AM radio stations. It's time to make your voice heard. We need Congress to pass the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act to keep AM radio in cars. When Internet and cell services are out, AM could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress to pass this critical legislation now. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month, and you may text STOP to STOP. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. The Ramsey Show. And your husband's going to step up and get a backbone and deal with this because you're going to end up really further pissed at him if you don't. Yeah, you're going to end up losing your marriage over this. The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Oh, I love that song. 651-289-4477, number to call with questions and comments. I'm going to actually address quickly. The reason Don sent that to me was not for the clip I'm playing for you. It was for something entirely different. He wanted to talk about the impact of student loans. And I would say to you, Don, the, the analysis Pollock applies to student loans is very similar to the way you would think about how to deal with with what's the uh, subprime lending to homes. I think Pollock actually says that insofar as when some, when subprime borrowers were encouraged because America really loves people to own homes. Truth of the matter is not probably not everybody should own a home. I have a son that changes jobs pretty regularly. It's the nature of his business, uh, the business he's in. Um, he doesn't have a whole ton of money to 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 deal to cushion himself. Um, he may need to move f- periodically. It doesn't make sense to have a guy like that buy a house. My daughter, on the other hand, will my guess is someday be a te- another tenured academic. Makes perfect sense for her to buy a house, right? But we pushed everybody to loan money into home housing. And what we did then was build a structure to say, we're going to socialize the losses from you lending to people who end up not paying you back. Well, that's in fact what's happened also to student loans. We've socialized the losses. We had, once again, we had President Biden forgiving another chunk of uh, student debt. Uh, and now has done what um, about 150 billion dollars worth? I, I might have that number wrong entirely. I, I'm, again, I, I apologize. I've got some medication in me. I'm trying to fight through a sinus. In, it, uh, it's not an infection, but just terrible sinus attacks uh, most of the week today, this week, and I can't even open my eyes fully. But <laughs> I probably shouldn't be driving. But anyway, the. The, the story is that we we believe that everybody should get, you know, a four-year degree. Well, I can say this, even though I work at a four-year university, I will say, I don't think it's controversial for me to say that it's not for everyone. Even today, only about two in five individuals have, have a, a four-year degree. And I would argue per, that... At some point, do we need more than 40%? Yeah, I think there's a fair case to say we might need more than 40% eventually. Do we need 50%? Maybe. Do we need 60%? Possibly. Do we need 80%? Probably not. There's a point where you just sort of get to where, yeah, that's enough. Okay? And it just comes from my economic background of, of thinking along the margins. Okay, not thinking about the total number of educated people, but the marginal number of educated people. Not the total amount of housing, but how much do we want to subsidize additional families moving into additional housing? Um, How much pollution should we have, right? You would say zero. Well, zero is a really expensive proposition. Okay, The the point is always, as an economist, you think at the margin. How much can... 
if I want to reduce pollution by one percent, whatever that, using whatever metric that is, okay, I, I have no parts per million of I don't know what sulfur dioxide. Let's say, um, all right, if you want to do that, what's the health benefit? What's the benefit to to humans? What's the benefit if you want to take into account future generations? You can do that. If you want to take into account other species, you can do that. All right. But I have to then compare that to the cost. And then costs are always cost to somebody, so you've got to spread that out. Anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk about, really. But because Don sent this to me to talk about something other than this clip, I wanted to answer. And he did me such a favor because he set up an hour of my show. Uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to return the favor by answering his question. Um, feel free to call, 651-289-4477. I'm happy to explain that marginal analysis with you. I'm happy to think about think about the fact that we we subsidize demand and then somehow we try to hold back supply to try to make things balance somehow and and sometimes we get into trouble it's happened in housing and you could argue it's going to happen in in something by the anyway the anyway i'm going to set aside the, the rest of that i just wanted to talk about that for a moment let me play this again for you and 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 spencer this time i'm going to have you Keep your finger on the uh, pause play button for us because uh, I want to I talk about each piece of this in turn. So let's start it. Cut number. This is Alex Pollock on, on James Grant's current yield uh, on Grant's current yield this week. This is cut number six. As the book, because the pandemic was seen in probabilistic terms by Stop. many. Perfect. Uh, probabilistic terms. Part of the problem, and actually I think uh, I think Grant and Pollock discuss this later, is we have a hard time thinking about small probability events, low probability events. Uh, 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 Nassim Taleb talks about this as well. If I tell you something is a... I, I, I remember this happened vividly. Um, an editor of a local newspaper uh, was at an event, an event in which I was speaking, and I just expressed the... I expressed sort of like a, a, a forecast for the economy. This would be like about eight, nine years ago, where I said, I don't think a recession is going to happen, but it has some probability to it. I would give it a probability of this. And I said, that probability is higher than I've assigned in the last five years. And 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 I didn't give him a number. And I said, and he, and he stood up and says, no, 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 no. You're the economist. You give me a number. Tell Tell me what that number is, and I and my response was, okay, I'll give you a number. Then I want you to tell me. I want you to tell me how you react to it. Thirty percent, and he's like, thirty percent. Well, that means then there's a seventy percent chance that a recession doesn't happen. I said exactly, but understand that on average in in business cycles, recessions only characterize ten percent of all the quarters of economic behavior over the last 150 years. So when I tell you it's 30%, it means it's three times more likely than usual. But you get yourself to the point where it's 70% because you're used to the world not behaving a certain way. So when I say, when when Pollock says probabilistic, I could put a probability on on some rampant infectious disease or virus. I could talk about what's the probability that that thing would kill a hundred thousand people in the United States, or a million people in the United States. I put a number on it. That number was probably really low. And in terms of factoring how you diversified your portfolio to that very low probability event, you probably said, "Yeah, it's probably safe for me to ignore that." Well, it turns out it wasn't. Let's continue. This is again. Uh, uh, let's continue this clip to Alex Pollock on on Grant. Scientists said, "Of course, there's going to be you know some virus that." mutates and can cause a pandemic that that was a sort of a common uh scientific thought yeah. uh, stop but... so he's expressing that that's a known unknown we don't know what the virus is but we know that we could imagine one could happen and we know that it could be infectious and lethal it could kill a number of people that was a known unknown what was the unknown unknown continue but nobody saw, as we discussed in the book, but nobody saw 
including the scientists, including the politicians, including the economists, including the Fed, including uh, all, all of the financial types, was the link right. between a pandemic, the political response to the pandemic, and the financial panic and economic crash. Stop. I think a lot of that could have been known, should have been known. It is why I've spent 40 years, more than 40 years, um, studying uh, a branch of economics known as public choice theory, uh, created mostly by uh, by a few economists, uh, uh, James Buchanan, who's won the Nobel Prize, Gordon Tullock, um, who I was happy to call more than an acquaintance, not a friend, but more than an acquaintance. We recognized each other in meetings and said hello by our first names. Um, so I, I, that's not how Dr. Buchanan, uh, Professor Buchanan, I didn't know personally. Uh, I knew him. I'd been at meetings with him. I'd heard him present numerous times, but I didn't really know him. And, and there were, and there were others, uh, Jeff Brennan, uh, it was all introduced to me by my dissertation advisor, Tom Willett, who's another product of the University of Virginia, where Buchanan and Tulloch had been back in the early sixties. Um, and, um, anyway, I think there was ways to think about that, about that, but that's not very well understood. And I'm not sure we could have, we would have modeled it all out very well. There may be somebody out there somewhere who did that, but we don't really know. Let me, let's play out the, just play out the last bit of that clip, uh, Spencer, and then we're going to go to break pretty quickly. Short, but extremely sharp, which resulted from the link pandemic to politics to finance and economics. And then, of course, that le that led to the huge uh, bailouts right. and money to address all that. And we're still living with that. Are you going to, in a sense, we're still in the mm -hmm. we're still in the wake of the panic of 2020. We are still in the wake of the pandemic of 2020. It provides me no comfort to say that. I don't, it's not meant to be a shield or shelter from blowing the, the, the forecast of 2023. It's just, a, it's just a humbling piece to tell me you should have thought harder about what was going on in 2020 rather than saying that's in the rearview mirror, as I think many of us did by the time we got to the end of 2022. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Mental health and substance use disorders are complex, stigmatizing, and can be overwhelming issues for families to face. Finding the right diagnosis and care can sometimes feel impossible, especially when you don't know where to start looking. Hazelden Betty Ford understands what your family is going through. Hazelden Betty Ford's patient access team will direct you towards a clear path forward in network with most insurances. This message is brought to you by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. Looking for a new way to give back to your community, learn new skills, and make a real difference? Consider volunteering with your local fire department. The majority of U.S. firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, being a member of the Volunteer Fire Service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. 
And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Would you buy a brand new spa today if it were half price? The Biz 1440 has one brand new Dominion Spa from a local retailer, and we're selling it for half price. You get a $13,450 brand new spa, plus steps, a cover, delivery, and installation for just $67.25. There's only one available. Buy it from the retailer for $13,450, or buy it from us today for half price at $67.25. Call the station for details at 651-405-8800. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440. Thank you for listening today. 651-289-4477. You could help me out by calling uh, because my throat could use a little relief. Uh, 651-289-4477. It's one reason why. I use clips is because um, I have issues uh, here. So we, so what we did in the first half hour of the show today has been to talk about how you perceive risk. There are risks that you can predict, you can forecast, and there are risks that you can't forecast. I'm going to give you a couple examples of that, one very broad and then one very specific. Uh, the broad one. This would have been uh, on uh, on uh, the show. On uh, I'm trying to remember. I have to excuse me just a second. I've got to I've got to pull a, a piece up here. Um, on CNBC, uh, Colin McGarry. He's he's a, a director of global risk monitoring. Uh, for a short time in the early '90s. Um, along with the work I was doing about uh, banking in uh, Eastern Europe, uh, I was for th- for a few years. I don't know that this is in my biography. That's in the short biography I give people. I was part of a group that was studying uh, transition in Eastern Europe and the former Soviet Union. And my role in the team, there were many members of the team. Some people did land reform. Some people did legal reform and so forth. My role as a, someone that has studied central banks back in the 80s, particularly the Fed, was to look at changes in creation of new central banks. Remember, when the Soviet Union fell apart, it had one central bank. Now you've got 15 republics. Each of them has to have their own or ends up with their own. Um, I would argue they didn't need to have one. They could have actually just lived with a, a, a dollarized economy or a euro i well they didn't have the euro then so it would have been dollar or bust at that point and probably wouldn't have happened that way even if the if the euro had existed anyway um i was part i was part of that and one part of the team i was working with this was out in the los angeles area just did these measures of risk in an economy and they and and this very sophisticated analysis uh um uh, again, located out of out of the uh, Claremont U- University system, um, but this person, Colin McGarry, was on CNBC on Friday, talking a little bit about low likelihood, high impact events to think about, and this is a way for me to illustrate known unknowns and unknown unknowns. Let me play this one first. This is cut number seven. Well, you know, Frank, something that's changed in the last four or five years that we've noticed from our clients of control risks is uh, them asking us to talk more about these low likelihood but very high impact events. And that's been driven by two key experiences. Number one, the COVID-19 pandemic, which forced most multinational companies to realize that they live in a world full of countries that can have different laws and jurisdictions. And um, the Russian invasion of Ukraine two years ago to the day also brought home that point that these high-impact events can happen no matter how likelihood you might think they are. So this is the connection between some shock, like a pandemic or an invasion, and the various 
laws and systems that are in those economies. Again, and 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 the the, the nations, the the political structure. Even though I had studied public choice, I was not terribly well trained in the early '80s when I was a grad student to think through those connections very well. It was that experience of working with that group, thinking about stuff that was happening in real time um, in Russia, in Ukraine, in... um, I spent some time thinking a lot about Bosnia and the restructuring of of the old Yugoslavia, uh, which was sort of like a, a Soviet Union in miniature. And how that came apart, and thinking about those connections, and and the fact that different parts of the various successor republics and states that were formed in the Soviet Union or in Yugoslavia um, would react differently to some shock. Um, my early my earliest experience was actually traveling between the Czech Republic and Slovakia about six months after they split. Very different places. Very different places. Anyway, he's talking about how those reactions, some of that being known. But it's interesting. He doesn't really try to talk in the probabilistic terms, and I find that's often true with folks like McGarry. Let's play the second cut of him, cut number eight. Not just stating that an Israel-Hamas war may occur, but what are the scenarios that might play out that affect the broader Middle East region? And one of, the, one of those scenarios, for example, is regional escalation, something that we're not quite at yet in terms of regional conflict or war. But there are trigger points for that scenario. And one of them is indeed what we're seeing in the Red Sea with Houthi attacks and shipping. Could we have predicted the Houthis attacking shipping and causing rises in price in many parts of the world? I think you could have possibly. Um, I think it, I thought that was possible, but it didn't. You know, I don't. I don't remember in October hearing folks talk about. Well, there's some likelihood that that the Houthis will disrupt red the the Red Sea and the Suez Canal, uh, and will cause shipping to go around the Cape of Good Horn, uh, snarling supply chains once more didn't hear it but certainly was certainly was possibly true um so that's the general story and i think that one is is quite interesting um let me go to the specific one as you may have known i think we talked about it briefly on the show a few weeks ago new york community bank is a bank in in new york city that that uh, does much business in the form of commercial real estate. Commercial real estate right now is in a is in quite a bit of hurt, no, no for no small part because of the pandemic shock. The 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 panic or the shock of 2020 is still rippling through the commercial real estate industry. It's it's decl- its decline, its decay is slow, but it's still out there to some extent. At the end of January, New York Community Bank, citing the fact that it had bought Flagstar, it had bought pieces of Signature Bank, which had, which was one of the banks that ran into trouble in 2023, started to fall apart. It was having large charge-offs of its, of its commercial real estate portfolio. It needed to protect itself. It also grown to the point where the amount of scrutiny that the regulators were placing on them was more than previously expected. And so they cut their dividend. Uh, They they cut it by to like 20% of what it had been before. I actually don't have the number of what it was before, but they cut it to a nickel a, a share. That has caused investors, shareholders to say, you should have seen this coming we're going to sue you. So there's been, at last count, five lawsuits by investors against New York Community Bank because they're like, they say, you should have warned us. You knew this was coming. You didn't protect us. You didn't protect our dividend. Okay, 
I have an opinion about that, which is basically like, you invested in them. Where's your due diligence? You know that you're at the back of the line vis-a-vis the, the uh, depositors um, and, and any other creditors. Tough luck. But they're saying, no, you misled us. But how known could these things have been? Let me first play. This is from about 10, uh, maybe about two weeks ago. Uh, Sheila Bear, we've played her before. She was a former regulator at FDIC, uh, has written several good books about about banking. Um, she was she was on uh, Bloomberg discussing uh, the, the community. Uh, yeah, uh, she was on Bloomberg discussing the community bank, uh, the New York Community Bank episode. Uh, she had this to say. This is cut twelve, Spencer. Yeah, well, it's uh, it seems to me there's some management issues there. Um, there were they seem to be under reserve. They had a huge increase in their loan loss reserves in their last uh, financials. So uh, I, I think uh, that's of concern. Um, the regulators are on top of it now, uh, but they were uh, approved to acquire uh, deposits and significant part of the assets of Signature Bank, which which failed, which is getting some scrutiny now. And of course, regulators had approved their. Um, previous acquisition that had those combined had has put them over a hundred billion dollars so uh I, th- I think there's a lot of problems here weak management apparently rapid growth some of which the regulatory process seemed to facilitate uh, but the more fundamental problem i think is is that it, does it suggest that there are other regional banks out there that are under-reserved for uh, commercial real estate we've known this has been a problem for a long long time so what I want to do after the break is play you one such bank and how they're thinking about it and the fact that they're, there are all of these unknown unknowns. All this to point out, we are still experiencing some of that panic of 2020. The, 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 the COVID pandemic uh, is still having this ripple effect through particularly commercial real estate. I want to talk about that in looking at one particular bank. We'll do that right after this. You listen to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Decisions, decisions, decisions. Retirement is full of them. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. The guys will be talking about some of the decisions that retirees make that they come to regret later. Whether financial, non-financial, or lifestyle decisions, make them wisely because the stakes are high. Alan Mike have solutions and strategies for you. Make sure you listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on The Biz 1440, or call them now at 855-231-6010. We all know that aches and pains come with simply getting older, but it doesn't mean you have to accept it. That's why I want to tell you about a special lady, Leah from Ohio, and her relief factor story. One Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch in so much pain, she was literally in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. Just eight days later, she found relief, and she continued to get better and better. To quote her, she said, I am truly amazed at this product. Like me, who after nine, almost ten years, almost a decade of low back pain, lost that pain thanks to Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. Get the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. It all comes with the feel better or your money-back guarantee. That number, 1-800-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. This is Dennis Prager. I am excited to announce the all-new PragerTopia Plus. You can listen to my show whenever it's convenient for you, all commercial-free and all on demand. Now with Prager Plus, search topics, guests, and segments all the way back to 2010. And now a truly exciting new benefit, my monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. This is where for an hour each month, PragerTopia Plus members get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. That's right, anything. It's on video. I'll be talking to you and answering your questions. We may even have a special guest every now and then. I've never done this. 
Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is only available to PragerTopia Plus members. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. The Ramsey Show. The higher education community is at best irresponsible, at worst con artists. We don't have a student loan crisis. We have a parenting crisis. Live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. $40,000? Yes. To fix up your house. You're millionaires. Yes. (laughs) You had to call me about $40,000 when you have have almost $2 million? The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. This is a thing I've never known before. It's called Easy Living. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Oh, I can see that. I can see that album spinning on my turntable in my bedroom back in New Hampshire. I love that song. I played that all the time. Um, can you name the band? Not you, Spencer. Can you name the band? Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. So let me play this. There's. I heard this wonderful interview. Um, I'd never heard of this guy before. I never heard of the bank before. Valley National Bank. Uh, its CEO Ira Robbins was on CNBC on Friday, talking about his bank, the bank he sees, and the impact of these various pieces of panic that have happened. And I want you to listen to the known knowns in the unknown unknowns and see if he actually has this figured out right. Uh, let's, let's start here. Cut number nine. I think at Valley, we've always really fundamentally said we need to have a strong regulatory relationship and make sure that our regulators understand who we are, where we're headed, what our strategic initiatives are across the organization, and how we focus on, on risk management. So for us, we've had a very important dialogue with our regulators. We prioritize it across the organization. I think the regulatory agencies now have been very clear in outlining what the goals, what the goalposts are as to where each organization needs to look like. It's just making sure that we're communicating and prioritizing those initiatives and strategies moving moving forward. So we've definitely enhanced the conversations we've had with our regulatory agencies. Uh, but that said, the goalposts haven't changed at all. I've attended a couple of uh, banking uh, banking committees where you're inside the bank and they're talking to the people that invest in them. You would be surprised to know that uh, the regulators are actually willing and and will come to those meetings and present how the regulators thinking about the bank that you are invested in. They don't go out and say that's the depositors necessarily, but if you're an investor in the bank, the regulators there in the in the room, willing to have that conversation. So when 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 a bank says. We're having a conversation with the regulator. That's not a joke. They're actually they are actually in the room, having those conversations. I have actually witnessed this personally. Uh, let's get to you. This was Ira Robbins of Valley National Bank on uh, CNBC yesterday. Cut ten, please. I think we had to make sure that they understood some of the differences between us and New York Community Bank, what the portfolio differences were, to make sure they were informed to be able to have appropriate conversations with their clients. I think that was really what the preemptive conversations were that we had with the board. I think, once again, it's just a similar dialogue that says, do they understand what those differences are? What are the outcomes, potential risk uh, exposures if something does go down a path? Mm-hmm. So he's talking about both his in, his own investors in the in the bank and then then those who represent money being invested in the bank from somebody else because they, they clearly have some other pieces. And talking to them as well, based basically telling them we're not New York Community Bank. We're not Silicon Valley Bank. We're not Signature. We're not Flagstar. We're not any of those. We are who we are. But clearly and one thing that is different, Valley National didn't invest in the portfolios by acquiring the assets of failed banks. That part is certainly different. But then listen to this last piece. This is the one that I want to take some time to think about. So I'm giving you the setup. They, they say, hey, we talk to our regulator. We talk to our investors. We tell them we're not the same. But then 
this is the part that really that really caught my attention. Cut eleven. It's it's crazy to me when I think about sort of the operating environment that we're sitting in today. And we've been in an inverted curve, Tyler, for almost three years now, right? And I think about sort of a bell curve that says in a normal operating environment, the outcomes sit in the middle of that bell curve. In an inverted curve, we've been operating for the last three years on those tails, right? There's a, an outcome here that's on a tail. There's an outcome here that's on a tail. And I think as a risk manager, we're really focused on how we not evolve or get rid of all those risks from the, the uh, tail, but how do we lessen some of those influences that the tails do provide to us? So first of all, you should hear, right, when he talks about a distribution and tails, he's thinking in those probabilistic terms. He is thinking that all of the unknowns that are out there can be managed, can be can be figured out in some way and find a way to hedge himself out of those risks. But notice what he says. We've had an inverted yield curve for three, for practically for three years. It's uninverted for short periods of time over that, over that period. But pretty much since 2022, it's been it's been inverted and stayed that way. We know uh, the conference board just announced we are no longer believing the signals we're getting from our own leading economic indicator series. So it means, oh, well, yeah, well, then what are you going to forecast? You know, right? And so, I, I mean, I'll have to talk about that during the break because what they did was after the break because what they did was really interesting. But these these unknown unknowns and thinking to self that you can fudge your way out of that, you can fix your way, you can fix it somehow through some other financial instrument strikes me as a heroic assumption at best, foolish at worst. You... The unknown unknowns are still rippling of, of 2020 are still rippling through the economy. And to think that we have any better way of forecasting this now than we did a year ago or two years ago doesn't matter. If you ask people now, what you know, what do you think 2024 is? Is it early cycle, mid cycle, late cycle, or do you think we're in a recession? The opinions are all over the map. They're all over the map. And and how about how about just maybe once in a while just shrugging your shoulders and saying, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'll tell you what the what the history is, but I can't help you otherwise. We'll tell you more right after these messages. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Be honest about who is taking advantage of us and keeping us divided. To be black in America today is to be labeled and used. But it's not because America is a systemically racist country. It is not. It is not. It's not. It's because the loudest voices who say they have all the answers are actually the problem. There are progressive forces and organizations dividing us as a people and as a country. They stoke hatred and division to hide the real problems and keep us angry. We've seen this pattern repeat itself over and over again. We have to take a new course. And now's the time to return to our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. Take Charge Minnesota believes that America works for everyone, regardless of race or social standing. Please help counter the cultural narrative by watching the film I Am a Victor this month. Go to AM1280 The Patriot and click on the I Am a Victor banner on the homepage. And you can get more information by going to TakeChargeMN.com. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. 
China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Biz 1440. KY. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.